The very purpose of this season of Advent can be summarized with one line from our first reading in the book of the prophet Isaiah, where the prophet essentially begs God, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And that word rend, it doesn't mean merely to tear something in two, but to rip it apart violently, forcefully. Isaiah is saying, Lord, please, we need you to intervene dramatically, to come and save us forcefully, because we can't get out of our own way. We wander, we sin. He goes on to describe how the people had been unfaithful to God, yet God is ever faithful, as we heard in that second reading. So Advent is the season where we prepare our souls to commemorate God responding, answering to this desperate prayer of Isaiah. Right? For on Christmas Day, God does precisely this. The eternal word of God, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, becomes a man and is born of the Virgin Mary. Comes a man like us in all things but sin while still remaining fully God. He's born of the Virgin Mary. He rends the heavens and comes down dramatically, forcefully, to save us by his cross and resurrection. Now, Advent is an interesting season because we prepare ourselves not just for this, to commemorate this first coming of Christ at Bethlehem, but especially in the early part of Advent, the church draws our attention not to his first coming, but to his second coming on the last day. Because on that day, he will again answer Isaiah's desperate prayer. He will rend the heavens and come down in majesty, in power, in glory. He'll judge the living and the dead. And then he'll usher in the fullness of his kingdom, the fullness of salvation for the just and the righteousness. And we see this emphasis on his second coming in our readings today. You know, St. Paul, he exhorts the Corinthians to wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in our gospel, everything Jesus is talking about applies to his second coming. Be alert. Watch. You do not know the time or the hour. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. Jesus is saying we must be vigilant and always prepared. We do not know when the second coming will uh, arrive. Neither do we know the time of our own death and when we will stand before him as our judge. Now, last week, we celebrated the Feast of Christ the King. Uh, I preached on the second coming. Deacon Bob and I split up preaching the masses, so you may not have, may not have heard me preach it. But if you did, you might be like, well, why are you talking about it again? You're beating a dead horse. Even if it's part of Advent, the theme of Advent, even if it's in the readings, why hammer this again? What's well, good for us to think about, to meditate upon, and not just really the last judgment. In these early days of December, in the last days of November, the church wants us to meditate upon the four last things, which are death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And the church wants us to consider these not out of a weird, morbid obsession, not to paralyze us with fear, but to remind us of the need to be prepared to meet our Lord, and also to inspire us to strive for heaven. Let's talk about those two things, right? We must always be prepared, because we don't know when the second coming, when Christ will come again. We also don't know 
how long our life is. Life is fragile. Uh, and whenever our life does come to an end, we stand before our Lord in our particular judgment. Our life is reviewed and we receive our reward. Heaven, purgatory, a time of purification, followed by heaven, or as, as scripture is clear, eternal separation from God and hell is possible. So how do we how do we prepare? How, how are we supposed to be prepared for this judgment? The best thing we can do is go to confession. And Advent is a perfect time to go. Let me say this right off the bat. I don't care how long it's been. It doesn't matter. I think I can speak for most priests when I say when somebody comes and it's been decades, we are more edified, more inspired by their courage to return to the sacrament. It doesn't matter what you may have done. It doesn't matter how often you may have done it. No sin is stronger than God's mercy. No number of sins is beyond his power to forgive. The best way to prepare to meet our Lord, whenever that may be, is to make a habit of going to confession, to repent of our sins, to receive his mercy, strive to amend our life, and then repeat. And we do this, we prepare, we confess, we seek to amend our lives so that whenever we do meet our Lord, we enter into his heavenly kingdom. Now let's talk about heaven. We, should, we would do well to think more about heaven. For heaven is the ultimate goal of our existence. It is the realization of the most profound aspirations. Heaven is the complete and total fulfillment of every good desire. It is the state of supreme and definitive happiness. In heaven, the blessed saints see God face to face, as he is in himself, unveiled, unmitigated, and in seeing them, they experience this perfect, lasting, inexhaustible happiness, joy, peace, and communion. Communion not just with God, but with each other as well. And you know, I think often in the modern world, out of a misguided compassion, we, we don't give heaven enough credit. We treat heaven as a, a participation trophy for being a, a vaguely nice person. But we need to shift that thinking completely. St. Paul, he uh, reminds the Corinthians later in, the, in his letter to the Corinthians that athletes in this world discipline themselves in all kinds of ways to win a perishable crown, a crown that will one day wither and turn to dust. But we seek an imperishable crown. The imperishable crown of heaven is what the saints and martyrs strive to obtain what we ought to strive to obtain. We ought to think of it as such. Maybe another way to think about this, let's say I wrote Congress, or I wrote the Office of the President, and I said, hey, you guys should give me the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom, or the Congressional Gold Medal. These are the highest honors our government gives a civilian. And let's say upon receiving this letter, somebody called me and said, okay, Father Matt, why should we give you this medal? Why should we give you this honor? And I said, well, look, I'm a, I'm a pretty good guy. And I pay my taxes on time. I haven't killed anybody. I'm, I haven't committed a lot of felonies or any felonies. You know, I'm generally nice to people. Well, I mean, if the guy, if he didn't hang up on me, he would say, we're not giving you this medal. That's not a heroic contribution to society. That is just a... It's like the basic minimum standards of human decency. Now, we get this intuitively. If we think about 
a medal given to us, given by our government, a medal which will absolutely turn to ashes in, in the fullness of time, then why don't we think the same about heaven? If being a vaguely nice person isn't enough to earn a perishable crown, why on earth would it be enough to earn the imperishable crown of heaven? Now, that being said, this analogy isn't perfect because nobody gets into heaven for even being a heroically good person. You know, the saints in heaven know that they are there not because of their own goodness, but because of God's. They know that they're in heaven because God so loved the world that in the fullness of time, he rent the heavens and came down and saved us. And they were prepared to meet him when their time came because they had spent a life not just repenting of their sins, but striving to love God and neighbor. So this Advent, we have an opportunity to reorient ourselves and our life towards our ultimate goal of heaven. A good way to do that is to go to confession. You know, we have a penance service week coming up starting on uh, December 9th. So there'll be penance services all over Topeka. If you don't want to go to confession to me, which, which, which I get, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunity to go to many, uh, to a variety of priests. But in addition, we ought to adopt some extra spiritual practice during these days of Lent. There's a, there's a lot that we could do. I'll just make one suggestion. The gospel readings on Sunday, they're on a three-year cycle. Year A, we read Matthew. Year C, we read Luke. We're starting year B, and we're reading Mark. Mark is the shortest gospel. There are 16 chapters in Mark. Not counting today, we have 21 days until Christmas. This Advent, read the Gospel of Mark. Take a chapter, read it slowly, prayerfully. Allow the Word of God to, to seep into your soul, to prepare you for the commemoration of Christ's coming um, at, at Christmas in Bethlehem, and to prepare you to meet our Lord whenever that comes. May, he, may we allow Him to make us into the saints He created us to be, so that we can enjoy the eternal kingdom of heaven.